You're listening to the Unplugged Goddess Podcast, a podcast where we can unplug and talk about real life shit. My name is Kelsey, and I'm here to inspire you to love yourself and find your worth. Join me every Wednesday to unplug and talk about all things self-love, empowerment, dating, and so much more. Get ready for raw conversations meant to inspire you and help you tap into your highest self. So, are you ready to love yourself, goddess? Hello, goddesses. Welcome back to another episode of the Unplugged Goddess podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Burchett. And in today's episode, I am speaking with social media influencer Maddie Corbin, and we are going to be discussing all things entrepreneurship, how she got started in kind of in the social media world. And we also touch a lot about mental health and different insecurities and really the impact of your social media influence. So it's a great conversation and I'm so excited to bring her to you guys. Enjoy. Hello, Maddie. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. I've actually been following you for quite some time now, so it is super cool to be able to have you on and to connect with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. This is going to be so much fun. (laughs) Yes. And you guys, just a just to give you a little background, um, me and Maddie actually recorded this earlier and my computer (laughs) decided to not save our recording. So Maddie is super kind to be re-recording this with me. (laughs) Round two, better than ever. Round two. It'll be better than the first one. (laughs) So I feel like there's so much that I want to talk to you about and kind of just, you know, learn a lot more about you and your platform and all of that. So Let's start with maybe just a little background about you and how you started your social media influence. Yeah, for sure. I have always had business in my background. Um, When I was 10, I coded my first blog. It was Cadet Kids News. Um, Very important news was put on that (laughs) website. Um, But then over the years, it shifted in so many different ways. I did some Etsy businesses with my mom. I did like babysitting and pet sitting, but I like went full like graphic designer when I was making the (laughs) flyers. Um, My mom says as a kid, it was like, hey, mom, what fun thing are we going to do today? She's like, you literally never just sat down and chilled. So going and going has been in my blood. Um, In high school, I ran two LLC companies. The first one was Luxury 45. Um, That was organic bath products. Um, Because I have psoriasis and super sensitive skin, I can't use any product. I can't just like walk in like Bed Bath & Beyond or Lush Mm -hmm. or any place like that and be able to just pick out anything. And I wanted people that had skin more like mine to be able to come to a place and feel fully comfortable. Um, It actually did really well. I had products for sale in three local stores in my area and I got like a new segment and yeah, it was really great. And then um, I got really into like the graphic design and photography that I did for that business. And so I decided to pursue that one further with Wisconsin and Gold then my senior year of high school. Um, and I was pulling on freelance photography and graphic design. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And when it came time for college, I decided to go for one semester for some 
PR journalism, but I realized it just wasn't for me at that time. And I've been just grinding ever since with my online community. I tried to foster a community based on endlessly creating yourself. That's kind of my mantra. And so I'm endlessly creating myself. Um, where, you know, anybody can come no matter what kind of creator you are. And we can talk about personal branding. We can talk about personal growth. Um, I had a mentorship at one time. I've had so many amazing connections with brands to create content with. And it was just about kind of like building one another up while also um, building a personal brand for myself. And Mm -hmm. it's been really great. And then it landed me my current position at Trades of Hope. Um, I do their social media and it all kind of looking back on it. I never would have seen it go where it went, but we're here and that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that you have the whole endlessly creating yourself because I always say that, um, on my personal page about self-love, I always say like, you know, self-love is a journey and there's no really, you're, you're never done with the work and you're never done, you know, you're continually evolving. You're continually pretty much, like you said, you're continually creating yourself and you're continually finding different things, you know, that you love about yourself or that you want to do and different techniques to continue up with your self-love practices and your self-care practices. So I love that mantra that you do with your business. I think that's amazing. And it it's so relatable because you really are endlessly always creating yourself. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And so you recently got back into the workforce and I can Mm -hmm. imagine that was a difficult transition, you know, having been your own boss and now in, you know, working for yourself and never really working for someone. So how was that? How has that transition been? Right. Yeah. I uh, probably like October or even middle of last year, if you told me that I would have a position at a company right now, I would think you were crazy because I was like (laughs) living the dream of running my own business, Um, especially because even before doing this, I was so much freelance where I was working with so many different people. I was never stationed in one place and I liked it at the time. Um, And then it was around like, I finished up the holiday season this last year, 2019, and I have a really busy Christmas season every year. I mean, as most businesses do. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had time to sit back. I typically take a week to two weeks off then after the holidays. And I realized that I had been pursuing nonstop my professional goals, but not my personal goals. And let me just start by saying that I didn't even have any personal goals whatsoever because my life was my business. And that's Mm -hmm. truly what I like found passion in and what I was enjoying. Um, And I realized that there's a separation between business and personal income. That's just the facts, especially when blogging, if you're doing it as a business, I had... um, a couple of people that worked for me. So I had to do it legally as a business, which means that projects and income that came in was not mine. It was Maddie Corbin LLC's. And then I could take from it as I wanted, but the more you take from your company, the less you can use it to grow. So I was taking mm-hmm. very little. And then I realized like this coming year, I'm going to turn 22 and I have like nothing behind me savings wise. Like I want to start thinking about my future, but like I, I just can't with where I'm at with this business. Mm-hmm. And that comes with any business. Um, So I made the decision that I wanted 
um, consistent income. I wanted to be able to focus more on my personal goals. And I know that came along with like a self-love journey that I've been on. And Mm -hmm. it came to the fact that I was doing what I had always done, which was business, but I hadn't ever thought of what I wanted for myself and for the future. Like I want to become more independent. Like I want to move out because I still live at home. And it's going to take me way more years if I'm doing that running a business because I just, I don't feel comfortable taking as many small business owners understand. Like you don't take really like you pay for expenses. You pay for people that you have helping you like with the job or workers. And then at the end of the day, you're like, okay, but if I take from it, I'm not, the business isn't going to have much left. And Mm -hmm. I just wasn't in a place where I felt comfortable to do that. So, um, It was a hard decision to come to and it did hurt my ego a little bit because I had always been the entrepreneur, like just always, Mm -hmm. like I'm just going to make it and I'm going to do it myself. And it took a lot of kind of consistent self-love talk that this doesn't mean I failed, that it doesn't mean that like the world is ending just because this business that I'm currently in didn't get me, you know, where I wanted to be personally. And Yeah. And then the Trades of Hope position came to fruition from a follower, actually, Elizabeth. She's one of the founders of the company. She sent me a message. And it's funny because beforehand I went through like four to five months of just consistent no's and consistent, like I'd spend like, like 12 hours a day just applying for positions and sending my resume and like pushing and telling everybody I can, how I can help their business and like Mm -hmm. doing everything I can. And then this little angel Elizabeth slides in my DMs and she's like, (laughs) I think we can make magic together. And I had actually worked with Trades of Hope one time personally with the blog. So I was like, let's jump on a call. And she was talking about her goals with it. I was telling her what I can provide. And we realized, I I mean, I knew after the first call, I had calls with other people and I said that, but I'm like, this is the complete Mm -hmm. position that I want to be in. Like, this is a dream. Um, Trades of Hope is fair trade. So it means that all of our products are made by um, women and men, but primarily women in 16 different countries that are getting out of sex trafficking and brothels. And they're trying to be able to keep their children from having to be in orphanages. And um, honestly, I wanted a position where I could be a part of a team and create with a team, but also be a part of a brand that I can stand behind and that Mm -hmm. gives back and as much as like it was a crazy road to from entrepreneurship back into the workforce, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And mm-hmm. now I see that because I'm so happy in this position and I still get to do um, blog work on the side. Like it doesn't mean it just completely stops. So yeah, I'm definitely a lot happier now. But if you would have told, you know, June 2019, Maddie, that this was happening, I would have said like, you are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I love that, you know, the Trades of Hope is is all about giving back. And right. and I think that's such a, you know, you feel so much more rewarded for working mm-hmm. for them, I'm sure. And, right. you know, you're not just working, but you're making a difference into someone else's life, which is so amazing. I love that. Right. Um, and so you kind of have this balance now with, you know, your blog and, and now working for Trades of Hope. Do you work for them full-time or are you part-time? So technically I'm 
like almost like a contractor freelance, but I work basically full-time hours. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm typically, I'm just under 40 hours right now. Um, so, but like technically if you're looking at it, like as a business wise, Mm -hmm. I would be a contractor. Um, but I do do then the blog work on the side, um, part-time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's super cool because as you were saying, and I know personally myself too, it's so hard to get out there and try to find a job and you get constant no's and you get so frustrated by, you know, trying to find the right company and trying to see what aligns best for you. And so I think, you know, it all kind of came back full circle for you that she found you on social media and it all works out. And that's so cool too, that you worked with them in the past on your blog, not even knowing that you were going to work for them in the future. So I know on your um, social media that you have really opened up about dealing with mental health and anxiety and, and depression, which it's so powerful to do that, first of all, and it takes so much strength to open up about that. And so I kind of just wanted to really hear about, you know, your self-love journey and your and what steps you've really taken to get to where you are now. Right. Yeah. I thought that around like October of last year that my anxiety really started. Um, looking back through all of this and learning about myself and learning for different cues and such, I've struggled with anxiety for a majority of my life. It was just more in a manageable tone. Um, but like I had said, where my job was my everything, I didn't have anything for myself. Like if somebody were to ask me what my hobby was, it was working. Or what do you like to do in your free time? It was working. I worked like 14 hour days all day, every day through the weekends. Like it was my everything. And, Mm -hmm. um, midway through last year, I launched a project that I had stopped all of my blog work for, and it just like completely flopped and I didn't have any sales. I, then I didn't have any partners for the blog cause I had put them on the side. Um, I, I was losing followers. Like I was getting like super, super low and I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm going to do. Um, So I had to work so much harder the next couple of months to really get myself back to a place where I felt comfortable because like, this is my full-time job. Like this is what I'm doing. Like I have to get back to where I want to be because this was, I'm like three and a half years in, like I've got to get where I want to be. Um, and then I was on a trip and I just like crumbled and fell apart and I was panicking and I was having anxiety and, it was like nothing like I've ever felt. And I had thought about getting a therapist for a couple of years, but I thought that that meant I was giving up or giving in, or I wasn't strong enough to handle my mental health because I had to get help. And so it stopped me for a long time, but I got to a point where I just, I needed something like I needed some sort of relief from somewhere that I wasn't able to find for myself. Um, So because I was on a trip, I decided to use a platform called BetterHelp. um, And they are an online, they match you with an online therapist, which actually ended up being really amazing with my work schedule because now I just do weekly phone calls. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was like within 24 hours, I just felt relief because I knew 
I was on a path now where I was going to be able to learn more about myself and, you know, learn why I have some of the thoughts that I do or why I have anxieties and, you know, different techniques that I can use for when I get anxious or I get panicky. And it was scary and hard because when you talk with a therapist, they unpack everything like Mm -hmm. from your earliest memory to now to who's your friends. Tell me about your family. Like they need all the information. And it was hard for me at first because I didn't want, I didn't want to talk about people that I was like, well, she doesn't need to know their business. (laughs) And two, it was hard because she was throwing anxiety terms out there. She was then saying that a lot of my thoughts were OCD. They were obsessive thoughts or um, she was saying like depression and like she was saying all these things that I just like never knew I had. I just thought I had anxiety. Mm -hmm. Dermophobia was a really big one that I realized after she talked to me about it, I had it. But it was just a lot to kind of take in and be aware of. And it almost made me stop at first, but it only made me realize that like, I didn't even know this about myself and look how much I had learned from one session. Yeah. Um, So all in all, it was one of the best decisions that I ever made. And like she has, my therapist has been able to support me now through so many different changes in my life. And I've learned so much and that's the key is that you can't go into therapy being like, oh, somebody's going to take care of my problems and, you know, tell me what to do and my life will be great. When in reality, you have to go in with the mindset that somebody's going to give me the tools that I can use on me and that I can take the steps for myself. It's just that mm-hmm. somebody's going to have that outside perspective or, you know, know a little bit more about, you know, the mental health anxiety that than I do. And, um, it's definitely been a journey and there's definitely been like literally this last weekend I crumbled again and I just was thinking to myself, Oh, like, did I just lose everything I had thought? But the Mm -hmm. bounce back and the tools that I had like proved to me that, you know, you have grown and I have learned so much. And I think that's the biggest thing is that you have to remember with mental health that, it is like a constant roller coaster. And just because you have like really great times and you are managing does not mean that you're not going to go back down sometimes, but it's keeping that mindset. And uh, one big thing my therapist says is to journal when I do have really good times so that when I am down and I am low, I can be like, well, but look at all these times that I have been high and look at all these things I have overcome so that you don't forget it. Um, Yeah. But it's definitely, it's definitely a roller coaster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love, um, I'm a huge fan of journaling. I think it's so crucial, especially during the self-love and, and mental health journey to journal, you know, your good and your bad days, because it's so important to look back on that and be like, wow, look at where I was a month ago, or, you know, look at what I was doing even a week from now, you know, like there's mm-hmm. always so much progress happening, even if we don't see it at the time. And so I always am like preaching to people like journal, journal, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I think it's so crucial. And to your point about, you know, opening up and going to therapy, I feel like that's something that is really hard for people. And as you explained, it takes so much strength. And a lot of people think it see it as a weakness. You know, they don't want to seem weak or they don't want to seem like they can't handle it on their own. But the tools from therapy, because I've been myself as well, is 
it's so like you take away these things that you don't even think you're going to take away. Like I know personally for me, I went into therapy and I was like, eh, I mean, I guess it'll, it'll kind of help, I guess. You know what I mean? And I didn't realize like, like you said, like after a few sessions, I was like, wow, like I have these tools for life to take with me. And even on those hard days, like you can pull out these certain tools and be able to apply them. Right. No, I've actually seen um, a video on social media and it was a girl that's like what it's like to have a like mental health awakening, like what it's like to actually like dive deep into it. And people think it's like, oh, like it's yoga and it's all soothing. Mm -hmm. And like what it is, is it's breakdowns and it is realizing things from your past. It's seeing how, you know, your life has developed and you've like how your mental health has changed and oh Mm -hmm. this thing that happened to me when I was five oh that's anxiety and it's it's a lot but like it's so important to remember that going to therapy is not the weakness it's like actually like the stronger thing to do to be able to sit down with yourself and accept you for who you are and be like okay I'm willing to take steps forward and I'm willing to put the work in so that I can be the best version of myself yeah yeah exactly and I think too, I've personally never even had, I've never had a therapy session where I'm not completely breaking down and crying, (laughs) but it's also so like, it feels, you feel so much better once you just get everything out there and you just let yourself cry and you let yourself feel these emotions because I feel like so many people don't want to feel that and they don't want to look inward to themselves and see where they need the most work. Right. And I know that you have posted before about an ice bath. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really curious to hear what, um, what this ice bath does. Right. Yes. So it is Wim Hof. He is the craziest, funniest old man you'll ever see ever. Um, (laughs) My mom introduced me to him. We did a free 30-day course of his. Um, His story kind of surrounds he was married to the love of his life and they had beautiful children and she ended up jumping off a building and committing suicide and he was just left devastated. He was like, I have all these children. I'm all alone. The love of my life is gone and I don't know what to do. And one day he went into a freezing cold. I think it was like a lake, some sort of big cold exposure. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, it was like, he's like, I wasn't thinking about anything. Like you're just literally that of being Mm -hmm. in the cold. That is what overtook my mind. And then he started researching and realized just how much control we have over our atomic nervous system. And that's what was happening is he was having a change in his nervous system. And so he started doing all these different breathing techniques and cold exposures. And um, he now has so much control that they've like done so many tests on him. They've like shot him up with like some horrible, horrible diseases. And he's able to go through his breathing techniques and keep his body calm and his body will not contract them. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, some crazy science stuff, but Mm -hmm. um, that's why he preaches it so much to people who have anxiety and depression or um, anything like that is because you see the control when you do like the Wim Hof method. So the 30 day course was, um, kind of, it was like a really slow, like walk into it where you started with 
little bits of breathing and, you know, seeing how like the breath can change, you know, your heart rate and like all these things. And then you would end your shower by turning it all the way cold and standing in it for 10 seconds and kind of seeing how your body reacts. Um, and you just continue to do these breathing techniques until the end where you're doing fully inhaling and fully exhaling, like, like full on for like 30 breaths where most people feel like you're going to pass out. That's mm-hmm. where the sweet spot is. And then you hold your breath for, um, two minutes, I think it is. And, um, then after you do that, you go into the cold. So whether that is a cold shower or, um, whether that is an ice bath, I, think that the baths are a lot easier than the showers are just because the cold water is hitting your body at different angles and parts at all times. And so you constantly feel cold where if you can just submerge yourself and get over that initial shock, it's not as bad. Um, I did the ice bath for two minutes. And when you're in the cold, you just do the breathing and you are able to control the way your body reacts to the stressor of the cold. Um, and that's what the whole thing is about is that then when you're in circumstances of other sorts of stress, that you have the techniques that you can change the way your nervous system responds to said stress. And like he has gotten like this close to like hypothermia and he can warm his body up and he's fine. Like he can just sit in the ice for hours and hours and hours. And so, I mean, it's crazy. It was something that was so needed. I started it right around the time that I started therapy. So I was going like hardcore, like punching bag, like one after another of all Mm -hmm. the mental health things. And, um, just going through that course, I haven't done it in a while, but just doing it in full and seeing like, wow, this is the control that I can have has tremendously helped me when I am anxious or when I am panicky to be like, Hey, you remember that one time that you were able to sit in an ice bath for two minutes and like barely flinch? Like that control is still within you. And I think that's the powerful thing about it because to anybody, if you say sit in an ice bath for two minutes or even just hold your breath for two minutes. I was like, at first, like I could never do that. Like you're insane. Mm -hmm. And then you go through the motions and you're like, I can actually do this. And it's really like, I could go do it right now. And I wouldn't be nervous about it. Like that's the kind of control that you learn with his method. So I want hundred percent recommend it to everybody, but especially if you are somebody that suffers from anxiety or depression, because it just will completely change the way that you look at how much control you have over yourself. And I think especially when it shows that he can change, like his body thinks he's warm in ice. Like, yeah, that's just insane. That's just so insane. The way that we can train our mind to do that is seriously like, what? Like, how are we able to do that? Like that just shows how much power that you really can have over your body, you know, because especially dealing like I'm someone who deals with anxiety and I know at times, and you've probably experienced this as well, like when you you think sometimes when you have anxiety, when you get a panic attack or something that you have no control and you're mm-hmm. like, what, what am I supposed to do? And so that just shows you like doing these techniques that you can have control and you can change the way that your mind is thinking and like be able to just breathe essentially. Right. And you so know what? Crazy. I just realized too that... Because I've had, I mean, with just everything going on, the whole world just feels Mm -hmm. like it's just so heavy right now. And I have struggled with my anxiety, but I realized that I haven't done it in a while. And the next time that I have an anxiety attack or anybody, you should just get in a cold shower and just see how it changes. Mm. Because 
immediately you're literally, it takes your breath away. You get that. And then it's like, you can't think of anything other than I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. <laughs> yeah. But that's the point. I mean, really, yeah. that would be a great way to try it too. Yeah, that's true. And when you had, when you did the ice bath for two minutes, was it like, oh my gosh, get me out of here. Has it been two minutes yet? Or was, or did your mind kind of take over? Cause I know like for meditations, like sometimes I'm meditating and like 10 minutes goes by and it feels like five seconds. Right. Um, I, so the video I posted, you don't see the very, very beginning, but this happened to me both of the times that I've done ice baths. I have just my feet in it and I haven't like actually sat down and submerged myself yet. And my feet are in so much pain. And both times I said, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And then I sit down and I start the breathing and my mind just goes blank. Like, I'm like, I don't even think like I can do this. I can do this. It literally is just so focused on the breathing technique. It's mm-hmm. crazy. I don't even know like how to explain it. Yeah. Like, both times when it's just my feet in the water, it's so painful. And I'm like, I can't do this. And then I'm like, shut off the world, literally just sit down. And then you put your hands on your thighs and you just start the, like, you have to like fully get like these breaths <laughs> in and you do it all the way. And then you stand, get up out of it. And he has a, um, I think it's called horse stance and you have to have a bend in your knees and you wave your arms back and forth. And he always sings and he's like, Ooh, and like you do it for like, um, like, I don't even know a minute after getting out of the cold bath and it will help your legs not get locked up or, you know, you're to be, have pain in your legs because you're making your legs warm by working the muscles. Um, so like at first, definitely there's some like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. And then Mm -hmm. once you start it, it's like, I immediately put back into that place of like, I remember everything that like I learned from him and all of the breathing techniques. And I'm like, I can do this. And I'm just in the zone. Like it's just, yeah. my mind is blank. I think it's like a fight or flight type of probably oh, sure. type of like experience that. Cause it's like, you're just in it and you're like, okay, I can do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, sure. it just sounds so crazy, which I'm sure now I'm like, I need to go do all of these things and experience it for myself because it just sounds amazing. And like you said, it's, you know, life-changing to have these tools and to have this technique now. And so I know that you have talked about your psoriasis and you've been very open about it on your social media platforms. What is your journey with dealing with psoriasis and how do you kind of overcome that, you know, confidence, body confidence battle within yourself with that? When I found out that I had psoriasis, I was in seventh grade. So I was, I had just started junior high. And when you're in junior high, you're in that awkward time of life where like everything's changing. You feel uncomfortable all the time. Like you don't know what's going on with your body. And I then have these giant red patches on the back of my legs. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what is going on? Um, they thought it was because I was wearing too many skinny jeans <laughs> because <laughs> mean skinny jeans were yep. like a thing. Um, <laughs> so I ended up, my mom took me into Victoria's Secret and we got like those cute, like pink, like sweat sets and it mm-hmm. had like a red one and a pink one. And, um, I think right during that time, I struggled with it the most when, just because it was something so foreign to me, like I had had normal 
you know, skin where there wasn't anything on it. And then all of a sudden I've got these thick red patches that itch so bad and then they hurt and I'm just like uncomfortable and like I'm trying to, especially because they're on the back of my legs sitting in school and Mm -hmm. I would like just so wet and I just, it just felt so foreign to me. Um, I think after about a year of realizing and taking about every steroid cream, steroid pill, and trying everything that once you get psoriasis, you have it for life. So there's nothing you can really mm-hmm. do about it. It goes in its own waves. I kind of accepted it um, because I remember being on vacations and like I didn't even think twice about like putting on a swimsuit. Like it really didn't affect me that much because I finally just said, well, you know what? This is me. This is my skin. This is how I'm going to look. And that's just like I just accepted it. And I mm-hmm. – was like, you know what? And I would post on social media, skin is skin. And you know what? Some people have have different skin than you do and they have some bumps and patches and scars and that's just the way it is. And I just accepted it. And yeah, I felt that way, honestly, for quite some time. I think when it would get really, really bad some days, I'd be like, man, I just wish I didn't have this. Um, I wish that my skin looked normal. Um, until about, I'd say a year ago when it started on my neck, it goes in rounds. So I typically get it, um, in spring and then it goes away in the winter. Um, this year it's decided to stay and be so cute and cover majority of the Mm -hmm. front and back (laughs) of my neck. And it's gotten to me more now because when you look at me, you immediately see it. Normally, if it's on my arms or if it's on my legs, like it's not like the first thing you see. Mm-hmm. And like I remember I was sitting at the eye doctor and they had a mirror and I looked over and I just immediately saw my psoriasis. And I was like, oh, like that is when it got to me. Like yeah. it was just so front and center and so obvious. So I've definitely been working a lot harder now to make sure I do um, – just compliment myself, you know, go through all of this like self-love mantras and just remember Mm -hmm. that, you know, this is something I've had it for 10 years now. Like this is something that I'm probably going to have for the rest of my life and finding ways to manage confidence and continue to, you know, feel beautiful regardless is super important. Um, and just knowing that I'm doing everything that I can with an autoimmune condition, it's all you can do. Autoimmune means your body thinks something's wrong that's not. So my mm-hmm. body thinks there is something wrong on my neck right now and it needs to build all of these extra skin cells and it doesn't. Yeah. And so you just have to, you know, do as much as you can with your gut health and watch how your body reacts to certain allergens and food intolerances and, Um, I think what helps the most is just having a community on social media where I can be vulnerable and I can share it and getting the messages from people that are like, wow, I didn't realize I needed this. I didn't realize that I needed to have somebody on social media that looked a little bit more like me with some redness on their neck um, Mm -hmm. just for me to feel like it's more normal just to normalize it or especially moms that message me and say, like, you are the kind of influencer I want my daughter following because you aren't afraid to show flaws. And so yeah, that's what I typically go to when I'm feeling down is like, remember just how many people are struggling with this and how many lives I have the ability to impact by being vulnerable and, you know, showing mm-hmm. I, I was born with this and I'm going to have it till the day I die. So we might as well find a way to love yeah. it on ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And I love that you are so open about that and you share your journey because 
you could easily just, you know, throw a filter on it or, you know, face tune it and just cover it all up. And you choose to, you know, show it off and to be like, you know what, this doesn't define me. Everyone, you know, is going through something. Granted, it's, you know, not everyone has psoriasis or is going through that, but we're all kind of going through something. So I think you can really just relate to your vulnerability and be able to be like, wow, okay, she's going through, you know, she deals with psoriasis or, you know, she deals with anxiety and depression. And, and I think especially for you, because you do have this big following that it's really important for you to be transparent about that because it shows like, okay, you aren't just, you know, your life isn't perfect just because you have, you know, Instagram followers, you know, how people like to go on and, and, you know, compare themselves to, to that and be like, oh, her life's perfect, you know? And so I love when platforms share their transparency and their real life issues. I think it's so, so important. Right. It's so impactful. And you never know, like, even if it's somebody who doesn't follow you and they come across it, like you never know Mm -hmm. how much like it could change somebody's perspective on themselves. And that's just so amazing. That's what social media is. That's a good part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I always say like, if I'm just helping at least one person, then I'm doing my job on social media and sharing things. Right. And so with, you know, having a bigger following and and posting a lot on social media, have you ever struggled with comparison issues or, you know, how do you deal with not comparing yourself to, you know, another influencer and trying to just focus on yourself? Right. I think that we all struggle with this so much. Um, I definitely, when I was in full grind mode with social media, it would really get to me. I'd be like, okay, this girl gained 50 followers overnight and I gained two or, oh, she got this project. I didn't get it. Or I should shoot a photo like this because hers did well. Um, and I realized when I was doing that, like the worst, I wasn't growing the fastest. Like it, I've grown way faster when I haven't been, you know, comparing myself, but it's a hard thing mm-hmm. to do. I mean, I feel like it's almost like second nature now as humans with the yeah. age that we're in comparison just happens. Um, but I think that it is so important to kind of like with me, with the psoriasis and the community that I have and like, I have this ability to be vulnerable with something and access people with it. And I think that's just what you have to do with your platform too and realize that, you know, you're not the only one comparing and you're not the only one that, you know, doesn't feel good all the time. Like we all struggle with it. And I think if that mm-hmm. we're all more honest about it, it wouldn't be such like a taboo thing that it's like, oh no, I'm not comparing. I am so confident. You know, we don't have to like fake it till we make it kind of thing because, you know, we're all just trying to find our best way as we can. And sometimes it comes with a little inspiration from, Mm -hmm. you know, you never know. Um, but I definitely definitely think it's just a part of it all, but also like going through it, but then realizing like, how you can learn from comparison. So like I can look back and be like, Ooh, okay. That was a really bad time of comparison. I shouldn't have done that. That's the most like important part to be able to have that reflection of it and see what parts are healthy and what parts aren't. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think too, like, I know for myself personally, like I always fall into this and you could probably relate to when you were, you know, well, even now with having your blog, like I will look at now starting my podcast, I will look at like other podcasters out there and I'm like, oh, they Mm -hmm. have, you know, certain, you know, amount of reviews and I don't have that and they don't, they have this and I, oh, I don't have that yet, you know, but I think it's realizing like, I'm, we're all on our own journey and we're all exactly like, we're all going to do things differently. And I think it's so important to just focus on yourself and yes, look to others for inspiration and, you know, what are they doing that is really, is really good, you know, but at the end of the day, like we can't, well, and you shouldn't replicate someone, but you know, it's just finding what works for you and doing the best that you can. Right. 100%. Well, thank you so much for, again, number one, re-recording this with me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I could not even believe that that <laughs> happened. Oh my gosh. But um, thank you so much. It has been so much fun getting to talk to you again. And I think this time it was even better. So <laughs> yes, for sure. I'm so excited. <laughs> thank Bye. you. Bye. All right, goddesses. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was so much fun getting to chat with Maddie. And I definitely am going to be trying out this ice bath method, which I don't know. I mean, maybe we should all try to do this and have like a little challenge going. Let me know what you guys think, but I definitely think that I am going to partake. All right. I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.